Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to read verses 11 through 15. I doubt if I'm going to get through all of those. i got quite a few notes to go over today, but 11 through 15. Wherefore remember that ye been time past, Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. You know, I'm, I'm really so, so grateful. Well, you know, I like the book of Ephesians, but so grateful for the King James Version. I'm so grateful because it's so, it's so descriptive in everything that it brings out. And that's what I like about, um, the English language. I'm talking, when I'm talking about English, I'm talking about back over in England, you know, back in the time when this was translated into the King James Version of the Bible. You know, the words that they said and everything were so amazing as, as we look at it and everything. I'm going to get a Kleenex because I think I might sneeze here. But anyway, as we look at this and we see this, now I'm really going to concentrate on 11 and 12 today. So bear with me as I go through this, you know. And in verses 11 through 12, um, the former condition, you know, you understand what I'm saying? The former Condition is set down either generally or more specific in verse 11 through 12. Now we understand in verse, in chapter 2, it starts out, and you have the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now here, Brother Rogers, getting into a lot of specifics here, you know, because he goes on in verse 10, he's, you know, we are his workmanship. We've been created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And that's the end of the sentence there. But he starts out, and wherefore remember. So Paul is here, he's talking to a certain group of people. He's talking to what? In, ver in chapter 1, verse 1, it says, the saints which are at Ephesus. That's a certain group of people. He's not, he's not writing this book to everybody, even though everybody could read it, but he said, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and what? To the faithful in Christ Jesus. Now we have to understand that that really wasn't so big of a group of people, Brother Roger. I know when we look in in in, in Acts, and it says how they added to the church 4,000 in one day, and added, that wasn't really a lot, considering if you looked at the whole world, you look at the big picture, that was only a small amount of it. But he's saying, wherefore, remember. That word wherefore means consequently or therefore. So therefore, I want you to remember, because you are the workmanship of Christ Jesus. So therefore, I want you to remember something. When Brother Roger, Brother Leroy, and myself, we preach unto you, we want you to therefore remember the things that we're bringing out to you. 
Because we, we try to bring out those things that are for your good. Not the things that you want to hear. We're trying to preach the things that you need to hear to build up your spiritual life. Because when you're out into the world, out in the world, it's, it's a spiritual desert out here. We look, we look at this, this, this United States. Let's look at the United States. It's a spiritual desert right now. Membership in Christian churches is declining rapidly. Is rapidly. You notice I said Christian. There are so many people that are religious. Understand what I'm going to say now. There's a lot of people that are religious. They're not Christians. Just because you go to church and just because you might read the Bible doesn't make you a Christian. It might make you religious, doesn't make you a Christian. It's a hard pill for people to swallow when they realize that. So we have to understand that. Wherefore, remember, he's saying that ye being in time past. He's saying, so in your, in your life before, Remember the Apostle Paul, who's writing this, says, Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. And the life which, what does he say? And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And that Son of God, Jesus Christ, died upon the cross for your sins. So, wherefore remember that ye being in time past, Gentiles in the flesh, so, you know, farther on, it says he's brought down that middle wall of partition. we got to understand that there were Jews and there were Gentiles. There were Jews and there were Gentiles. They were separate. Jews were not allowed to go in and even eat with Gentiles. They were not allowed to do that. Remember Jesus at the well with the Samaritan woman. Why are you a Jew asking drink of me, who am a Samaritan. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. See, there was this, this big middle wall. That's like if we sat there and built the wall down at the middle of this church, and it was divided on each side. That's what it was like back then. There was a division between Jew and Gentile. I, I was glad that I, I read chapter 15 of Matthew. Because I was thinking about this when I was writing down my notes and I was thinking about this, but couldn't remember exactly where it's from. I know I could have went to the concordance and I could have found it real quick, but I want to try to keep exercising my mind. So, but anyway, so if, if, if you, if you turn to Matthew chapter 15, in verse starting at 22, we're kind of going to leave a, read a little bit here. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. So, we got to understand by with Jesus not saying anything to her that that speaks mountains, doesn't it? It speaks mountains when we understand that if she was a Jew, he would have probably spoke to her, but he wasn't. He was quiet, and his disciples were saying, "You know, send her away. She's bothering us." 
But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He sent unto Israel, not the Gentiles. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. She fell at his feet and said, Lord, help me. Kind of like that woman that was in the crowd. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be made whole. But he answered and said, this is very important. I want you to hear the words of Jesus. But he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. It was Gentiles. That's what the Jews thought of Gentiles. They were nothing but dogs. And she said, truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. What wisdom that woman just said. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. See, he was saying, you know what? It's not, it's not right for me to take what is the Jews and to give it unto Gentiles. But isn't it true, as she said, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table? And that's true, isn't it? Right, Mabel Ann? Our dog Rocco, he'll be sitting there, and we're sitting there eating. Eli knows it, David knows it. We'll be sitting there, we eating, and we'll, instead of sitting at the table, sometimes we'll just eat at the island and everything. We got room to sit around there. And I don't know how these dogs can hear it, Carl, but boy, they can hear when something falls and you're eating and some things, things fall off, right? That dog's right along underneath our feet and he's sitting there and he's trying to, he's sniffing where that at, see? So this woman, how smart she was, how intelligent was she was. And Jesus, you know what? Jesus could not do anything else but say, you know what? Your daughter's healed. And she went away. You know, you know, God is so good unto us, really, in all of our lives, you know. And so that he says, you know, remember in time past. You know, he's saying, remember, remember. I, I know I said a little bit, but remember the former condition they were in. They were Gentiles in the flesh. They were Gentiles. There's no denying that. We have to understand that if we were living back in the time of Jesus, the time when this was written, you were Gentiles. That's who you were. You had no right. You couldn't go into the synagogue. You couldn't go in there. You had no right to do that. Not at all. You couldn't do those things. We're going to get into this deeper in verse 12. You better put your seatbelts on because we're going to, we're going to, we're going to be going into it. That in the past you were Gentiles in the flesh. The difference, he's talking about the difference between Jews and Gentiles in the flesh. That was a big difference, a big difference back then. So we got to understand, just like, just like in this world, Different countries, different nationalities, there's a, there's a difference between how we are here in the United States and how they are, even over in India where Brother Guna is, 
Or you go into some of these Islamic countries, these Muslims and whatever. It's entirely different. Different altogether. They are called what? Uncircumcision. Gentiles who are called uncircumcision. You are filthy. You are common. The Jews wouldn't have anything to do with you. You were, you were good for, for slaves and for menial work for them, but you couldn't be a part of them. You know, it's, it's a very, we look at it, it's a very sorry state of the affairs. We're going to get into, we're going to get into it a, a little bit later. We look at it, you know, they were, they were, but even Jews were circumcised, what? In the flesh made by hands. The circumciser would come when a male child was born. And I think it was, what, the eighth day? They would circumcise, take the foreskin off, and they would circumcise them. It's very different for those who are children of God that that circumcision is different from that. It's the circumcision of the heart. Of the heart, isn't it? We're thankful for that. We're gonna, I'm going to go into some verses which are going to show this. There are two kinds of circumcision, outward and inward. And this is what we have to understand. To the Jews, it was outward. To the Gentiles, it was inward. That circumcision is not of the flesh, but of the heart. And Jesus Christ, in the regeneration, takes away our old heart, takes it out. Now, don't get me wrong, he's not physically taking it out, you know, but spiritually, he's taking away that old heart, and he's giving you a spiritual heart. Now, that, that seems impossible. How can, how can you do something like that? With man, these things are impossible. With God, all things are possible. And God changes it on the inside. And we should be thankful for that, because that's what he's done for each and every one of us. I wrote down a note that inward, we know what the outward is, inward of the heart in the spirit and is made without the hands of men and by the spirit and power of God. He changes us. He changes us. Chapter 2, verse, and you have the quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins. Just like he says here, wherefore remember, Wherein in time past. So, Paul knows that those who were Christians, you understand? Christians, in time past, and we talk in verse 11 and 12, they're talking about Gentiles in their former state, in their former condition. Not the way they are, because he wants us to remember. Remember, and verse 12 is, is going to get, excuse me, <clears throat> verse 12 is going to get into the nitty gritty. We look at it. So all of these are by the Spirit 
and the power of God, isn't it? It's, it's amazing. I want to go to some verses. Go to, go to Romans chapter 2. We're going to ver- go to verse 28 and 29. I could go up farther, but I just want to do these verses here. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter whose praise is not of men but of God. See, that circumcision was outward. But it says that that doesn't do anything. Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But is he a Jew which is one inwardly? inwardly. And we are Christian. We are Christian because that circumcision with the Gentiles is inward not outward. In the spirit and not in the letter of the law, whose praise is not of men, but of God. We should be praising God who sits there and came, has the, the renewing of our hearts and our minds in the regeneration. He does these things unto us. Turn to Galatians. Galatians chapter 5 first. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh in love. So neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, that has nothing to do with it. It's, it's all it doesn't, isn't anything but faith which worketh in love. We have to have that faith, that faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as, as we go through this life. Turn to chapter 6 of Galatians. You know, we talked about the regeneration, the new man. Verse 15, chapter 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature a new creature. We have been made new through the regeneration. We're not that old man anymore. We're the new man. We have to understand that. So neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, whether you've been circumcised or not circumcised, doesn't mean anything. But what matters is the circumcision of the heart. That's what matters for each and every one of us. You know, if we look at it, we, we can see, and in here, as we're looking at Ephesians in chapter 2, and we're looking at this, remember, Gentiles, we look at it, there was but one name to the professors of Jesus Christ. At first, they were called, what, disciples. When we look through, we can see it's always disciples. But then secondly, it says what? They're Christians. And Christians were what? were first called that at Antioch. They were first called Christians 
at Antioch. You know, look at, look at chapter four of Ephesians. We're going to read verses three through six. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Now, when we get a little bit later into, into chapter 2, we're going to see some of these things, but there's only one. There's only one. And those are Christians. We, we need to understand that back at the time of Jesus Christ, you know, there were no... There were no Lutherans. There were no Catholics, Pentecostals, Primitive Baptists, Presbyterians. There was none of that. There was just the Church of Jesus Christ, and they were all called Christians back then. All of these different religions that are now are all man-made. Every single one of them are man-made. But there is going to come a day that when we're up at the end of the world, when Jesus Christ comes down and he takes everyone to be up with him, there's no, there's no different churches up there. You're not going to see different church buildings because there are not going to be any different religions. We're going to be known as Christians, Christ followers. Because we're going to know the truth when we get up there. We've had, I was talking about our mothers and fathers and different things. They've, they've passed on. Sister Barbara passed on. They know what it's all about. Sometimes we wish, don't we, Brother Roger, they could come back and tell us what it's all about up there. But as my wife aptly said the other day, the secret things belong unto the Lord. And I'm going to get into it a little bit, hope. If we knew what it was like, Brother Roger, what what would we hope for? Because we know what it's going to be like when we get up there. And if we knew like what it was going to be up there, maybe more people, I'm saying this facetiously, Brother Roger, because our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That people wouldn't want to say, oh, I, yeah, I, I want to be, I want to be, what did I say earlier? I want to be, quote, unquote, I'm going to do those air quotes. You've got to love air quotes, right? Religious. They want to be religious. They want to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. But they don't want him to be the Lord over their lives. There's different things there. Totally different things. To say, I want a Savior. But I, I don't want him to be the Lord of my life. I just want him to save me from hell. I, I don't want him to, to be in control of my life. I want to take care of that. I want to be in control. That's what's wrong in the world today. It's, it's I, I, me, me. Me. 
It's not what the Lord wants. It's what, what do I want to do? I want to do this. This is the way I want to live my life. I don't want to live my life like what's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I don't want to live my life. Remember, what is it in Ephesians chapter, I got it wrote down in my book. Chapter 1 through 3 is doctrinal, 4 to 6 is practical. How we're to live our lives. You want to know how you want to live your lives? Read 4 through 6. And it's going to tell you. In 4, we look at it. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. What does he say? With law lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another. Then we go, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. He tells us how we were, how we are to be in our lives. Verse 12. There's five, five things in verse 12. I want you to look at. The first one, that at that time you were without Christ. Two, you're aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Three, you're strangers from the covenants of promise. Four, you have no hope. And five, without God in the world. Five points that the Apostle Paul brings out here. And these are all very important unto us. Without Christ. That at that time, remember at that time, Remember that you were in time past Gentiles in the flesh. So the Apostle Paul is continuing on with this from verse 11 into verse 12. That at that time, you were without Christ. You were without Christ. What spiritual misery it is to be without Christ. Not being able to have communion with Jesus Christ. Isn't it? It's terrible when we look at those things. You know, If we look and we, we go back, if we look at chapter 8 in, in, in Romans, and it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh... God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. When we looked at this, we had no, we had no communication. We had no communion. We were under condemnation at that point when we look at it. Because if you're in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. But we were without Christ. We're Gentiles in the flesh. We were without Christ at that time. Wasn't that miserable? To not be able to have communion with Jesus. 
we understand things not being able to walk with him or talk with him. You couldn't communicate it with him because you didn't have Christ. It's just like when it talks about if Jesus Christ is not risen from the dead. Look at all the things that were in there. If Jesus Christ is not risen from the dead. Without Jesus Christ, we didn't have all these things. Not being able to walk with him or talk with him. Not at all. We couldn't do it. When it says in Romans 8, 28, and we know, there's another and we know, that all things work together for them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So we can see these things. Not having any knowledge of him, not have any faith in him, or love to him at all. Because we didn't have Jesus Christ. We couldn't be a part of his family. You know, we look in, in Ephesians in chapter 1, we're, we're, we're predestinated unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. We're part of his, we're a part of his family. Part of his family. We look at this. So, not having any really knowledge of him, faith in him, love to him, no grace. No grace. We got to remember, we can't look at it. We got to remember, this is the state and condition that we were in. I know in verse 8 it says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That was after. We're talking about before. You know how when, when you take pictures sometimes, you have a before and an after picture, okay? Like I know when you watch HDTV and they show these, they do this work and everything, they show the before picture and then they show the after picture. Okay, we got to remember, Carl, they're showing the before picture of how we are. We'll get to the other shortly. I'm running out of time, unfortunately. Okay, so two, aliens, aliens were strangers. It says that the, we were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers, strangers from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the church. Strangers. You know, we, we look at it and we can see in the beginning of Acts, and it's talking about the church and everything, Brother Roger. Adding daily to the church such as we should be required. We, we really need to understand that that was before. That was Jews, Brother Roger. Because it wasn't until Peter... Back up. It wasn't until Jesus talked to Cornelius and said, send for Paul of Tarsus. I'm sorry, send Peter. I'm sorry, I said Paul, didn't I? Peter, send for Peter. He's in the house by the seaside, living in these people, with these people. And remember, they went there. 
And remember, Peter was on the housetop, wasn't he? He was on the housetop. And he's seen this, this sheet being lowered. It had all manner of beasts and everything. And Jesus said unto him, Peter, eat. Whoa, Peter says, sorry, Lord. There's things in there that I'm not allowed to eat. That's what I've cleansed, call not thou common. Went back up. Three times it came. Three times this this sheet knitted down and came down. And he told them, what I've, what I've cleansed, don't, don't call common. It's three times. All of a sudden, somebody's knocking at the front door. Hey, we're looking for Peter. He came down and he went with them. And what did, what did, what did Peter say when he went into Cornelius? You know, it's, 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 it's illegal. It's not lawful for the Jews to be with Gentiles. But, there's my favorite word, Bill. But God is showing me, Jesus Christ is showing me that I'm not supposed to call you people common or dogs or anything else. And then he preached unto them. And what happened after he preached unto them? The Holy Spirit came upon them. These people were chosen vessels of God. Chosen. All of a sudden... What did Peter say? For now we see that God has even chosen the Gentiles to repentance of life. And that is amazing. Just in, yeah, I can snap my fingers a little bit now. Just in that instant. And when he was in, by Cornelius, it changed. Everything changed. It was amazing because all of a sudden now, Even the Gentiles could have repentance of life. It's amazing. You know, as I was saying, I I got some notes. You know, such as had communion with the church. They were strangers. No fellowships with the church of God. And I wrote down, what, what a privilege it is to have fellowship with the saints. And is like heaven on earth, so to be secluded from this is really miserable, isn't it? When you're excluded from all these things. I'm so grateful that, that Paul brought this out here to help us to realize these things as he goes on. And I, I wrote down this. If you're on the outside, you can have no fellowship with God. No fellowship with him. That's bad, isn't it? Just crazy. Strangers from the covenants of promise. The promises given to what? Israel in the Old Testament. We, we were not able to have that. Remember in Ephesians talks about that mystery from the foundation of the world. That mystery is what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. That mystery. The Lord God, the Lord God what? Freely chose Israel out of all the people. Remember what he said? What did he say, Brother Rogers? Oh, excuse me. I didn't choose you because you were the biggest nation. I chose you because you were the smallest. That's how God works. You know, we've got these big, big mega churches that are all around this country. 
We've got them in here at Crown Point. We've got them in Indiana. We've got them all over. These big mega churches. God and Jesus Christ are not worried about numbers. I'm thankful for that, Brother Roger. For he has said what? He doesn't say if there's a hundred people gathered in my name. He doesn't say if there's two hundred people or a thousand people. He says where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. So I, you saw Brother, Brother Leroy's here, not here, doesn't make any difference. There's two or three here today that are gathered in his name, and he says he's here. Now I can't tell you he's sitting in the front row over here, but I would, but I would venture to say if you could see him, he'd be sitting in the front row. You know, Jesus, God said, I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. Remember when we said, you know, these people, these people heart is waxed gross. Their eyes are dull of seeing, their ears are dull of hearing. That's it. Your heart, what? Remember, I always talk about the heart. Their heart is waxed gross. They teach for doctrines the commandments of men. The fourth thing, I might have to stop after this, without hope. How terrible is that? Without hope. We were just talking about that. Hope. Hope. The Gentiles were without the things that were hoped for. I've got a, got a few verses here. We're going to go over them. Look at uh, Romans chapter 8. Twenty twenty four and 25, Romans chapter 8. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. So we didn't have any of that hope. That's what I'm trying to be. We didn't have any of that hope. But he's saying here, you know that, remember, this is before. We're still talking about the before picture. We haven't got to the after picture yet, right? So we're still in the before picture. So we, we see these things and we know these things. If people would tell us what it would be like in, in heaven, what would we hope for? But we can't see heaven. We don't know what's it. So we have a, a good hope for that, don't we? We hope. Turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In verse 19, just one. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. My family said, you are just miserable people. Miserable people. Remember what we were talking about, I said earlier, that if Christ is not risen from the dead, all these things are gone, 
This is right in the very middle of that. This is in the very middle of that. Because in verse 20 it says, praise the Lord. But now, remember, he was talking about all these things, and he gets the very end. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. It's amazing when we see these things that God laid upon the hearts of men to write in the Holy Scriptures, to be of such an exhortation to each and every one of us. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Verse 27. To whom Christ would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That was the mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That God would break down that middle wall of partition between Jews and Gentiles. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Just kind of remember these things. First Corinthians chapter 2. I mean, I'm sorry, First Thessalonians. Ah. Verse 19. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. Remember, some of these things we're looking at, this hope and this joy that we have, are part of the after picture. You understand? But what I'm trying to bring it out is to realize what we didn't have. These are the things that we didn't have. Turn to Titus. I'll get there. Here we are. Titus. Titus chapter 1. I said verse 2. Let's read verses 1 and 2. Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. I can keep reading, but Robert will go stop there. You know what? That, that, God that cannot lie promised before the world began. You know, in hope of eternal life. See, before, before picture again, we were what? We didn't have any hope of eternal life at all. Not at all. We didn't have any hope of eternal life or any of these things. Titus chapter two, it's the last verse, promise. Chapter two, verse 13 looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to read 14 and 15. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. This is what we should be preaching, Brother Roger. We should be preaching. We're a peculiar people. It's no longer Jew and Gentile. It's that. For such as we are, we must remember these things. 
Now I've still got the fifth one. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to go to that today. But what I want you to understand is, Uh, that when we get through with Ephesians, the last little bit, now in my Bible I have to turn the page, but we're going to go without God in the world. That's another miserable state we were in. But the start of verse 13, we're going to get into, remember I said we had the before picture? This is going to be the after picture in verse 13. We start getting into the after picture. And it starts out with my favorite word in the Bible, but. But now in Christ Jesus, you sometimes were afar off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. See what it is? We're looking at all these things, which were miserable things, but now in verse 13, we could just raise holy hands and praise God for the good things that he does for each and every one of us. Sorry I took so long. I I thank you for your kind attention this morning. Does anybody have a song in closing?